Hello and welcome to the Wabi Sabi series podcast, unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, a corporate exec turned author who has recently written a series of books about topics we don't often talk about. Things like death, grief, not having kids, and the unexplained power doctors often wield over us. Apparently, some of my books have made some people feel a little uncomfortable, but I felt that I wanted to have far more conversations around weird, wonderful, and sometimes taboo topics. So I reached out to some interesting people and asked them just one question. If there is one topic that you'd love society to talk more about, what would it be and why? And what they've shared with me has been amazing. So let's dive in and see where the conversation takes us. These horrible things happened for me. And like most of the speakers or famous people that you hear, they'll say my worst day was the best thing ever because I became, that's who I became because of that. My guest today is an absolute powerhouse. Erica Kramer, better known as the Queen of Confidence, is an international confidence coach and a popular five-star podcast host. The Cardi B of the personal development world, Erica is a full-flavoured, spicy, inspirational speaker with a dose of heart and humour to boot. After surviving many traumatic experiences from childhood sexual abuse, being in and out of the foster care system, car accidents and a whole lot of loss, Erica is a beaming and beautiful example of how you can heal your personal story to transform trauma into triumph. We have a mutual friend and happened to meet recently at a conference and it was like fireworks exploding. I can't explain it any other way. I feel like we've known each other for years. Erica is one energetic woman on a mission to help others find their confidence and to live more enriching lives, which I just love. She is a beautiful woman, uh, full of zest and life, and this is going to be a fun chat. I know it. Erica, welcome to the podcast. My face hurts from smiling with you because you are fucking amazing. Oh, I love you. I love it. <laughs> Beautiful. So let's kick in. Yes. We've got lots to chat about. So if there is one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? The biggest thing for me is the self-doubt. I think that some of us believe that confident people or celebrities or successful or amazing people are just born that way or they're just lucky or it's just a thing and there's no possible way that famous people or those successful people that we look up to could ever sit in as much self-doubt as we do. And so I want everyone to know and understand that every single person we look up to, no one goes unscathed. Like we do not get to escape self-doubt or the cool word that we're calling uh, imposter syndrome. Like every single one of us feels that and it is a part of confidence. It's a part of us creating what we want and none of us will go without it, but we don't talk about it. I love it. So we think that we're not cool like those yeah. people over there. Yeah, so true. And so how, I mean, you've worked in this sort of space of confidence for a long time now. Yeah. How did you get get to be here? Like, in, in, you know, why is it that you're now where you're at with this space? Well, I think when I was little, I loved doing people's makeup and I was like, I'm gonna do makeup and hair. I wanna be an actress. And then I ended up being a hairdresser and I love doing hairdressing, moved to Australia, started styling. So I was always helping women with confidence, but it was external confidence, not gotcha. the inner confidence. Yeah, yeah. And I finally realized that no matter how beautiful you look and your hair and makeup is immaculate, your nails look awesome, and you look in the mirror and you go, I hate myself, or I'm not good enough, or I'm not worthy, that we need to not be culling 
our clothing wardrobe, but culling our thoughts that are not serving us, yes. culling the mind and, and all of that. And so to me, I realized like, how do we work on the inner confidence, the inside, and from the outside, we will start respecting ourselves more. We'll start, you know, dressing how, what makes us feel good, hanging out with people that makes us feel good. And so confidence for me was an inner game that we would have to then pull out to the outside as opposed to using beauty and filters and, and nails and cars and Gucci and all that shit to make us feel good. Mm. And then we know at night when we're alone, we still hate ourselves. Mm. So that kind of was what got me into the confidence world and then healing all of this crazy traumatic sexual abuse, bipolar mother who physically abused me. Like, unfortunately, she was amazing, but like it wasn't her fault, but she really did a number of me. And then joining the military, being in the army for 10 years, breaking my back. Hey, wait, wait, I wait, whoa, all slow down. It's like, you're like, like throwing all the shit at me. Mm. I'm like, there's so many things in there, yeah. Erica. We need yeah. to kind of, so this is like, you've gone through some stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, then yeah. so it was part of that healing for you to kind of build yourself up. And yeah. did you get help to do that or is that? I definitely got help. Yeah. I definitely got help. So I, I grew up in Boston and I, yeah. she was a single mother and I am the only child. And so she tried really hard not to struggle with her illness, but she would stop taking her meds because it made her gain weight. And then she would just be physically abusive and be manic. Mm -hmm. And so the police would be called, I'd go to a home and then she'd go to a foster home and then someone will break into our house. And this is like two weeks old till 16 years old. This was my life. So I like grew up in foster care with all different kids. And this is why I love community and people though. So it's a good thing. And then when I was seven, my dad kidnapped me and took me away from my mom. That was a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. So it just created this young child who felt like she was unlovable, like no one wanted her, mm. uh, like she was bad and wrong. And I was angry, Michelle, oh my God, I was so angry and just fighting my way. And then obviously I sucked ass at school. You can imagine, I was a terrible student, so barely graduated. So the military came in and said, hey, we'll pay for college. I thought I was gonna go to college. And that's how that happened. And then in the army, my, I married How long my, were you in the army? Oh God, 10 years. Whoa. When I was 17, I joined. Oh my God, I was, like that is the furthest thing I would ever yeah, imagine. Like you being in the army like, with, with those nails <laughs> and you know, like, the whole persona, the beautiful. Hook you in the eye, yeah. <laughs> Fucking grenade launchers, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. I know. So they came to our high school and I was like, yeah, I'll join the army. They'll pay for college. I'll yeah. go to college for marketing. They paid for hair school. <laughs> I went to become a cosmetologist. At, yeah. In the army, you well, were I was like working in the army and at night I went to hair school. Right. So when I, me and my high school sweetheart got married, we moved away from our families because that was a crazy upbringing. And I subconsciously must have been like, I want to get the hell away. Like, I love my mom, but I was like, I'm out. I'm moving to California. I was from Boston. And Gio went to Iraq because Iraq happened. So I was in boot camp. Halfway through boot camp, the towers got hit. Oh. So I was like, we just went for college. Like no one yeah. joined the army to go to war. Like that wasn't yeah, a thing. Wow. So we were like, oh shit, this like is this real. is real. Like, what? Excuse me, no, I'm not going to war. So that was hectic. Um, and he went away, came back. We got married secretly because if something happened to him, they weren't going to tell the girlfriend. So no one in my family knew we were married. We ended up moving again to Florida when he came back and he went to school and I said, I'm gonna go active duty. So Monday to Friday, full time in the army so you can go to school. Who cares about what I want in my life? Poor guy's been in the Marines. So I kind of sacrificed myself as women do, right? Mm -hmm. For someone else. And he was doing that and I was miserable working nine to five Monday to Friday. And we went out drinking one night, drinking and driving, because in America, unfortunately, people drink and drive like it's nothing, right? So we're drinking and driving, we smashed our, our, our car. So I was in the back seat again with no seatbelt on, making sure everyone else had a seatbelt on. You see the pattern here, right? Like it's all about everybody else, not about me. 
And so we were driving 100, 100 and, uh, 154 kilometers an hour, like the highest that the car could go in five, like five speed. And we smashed into a ditch, hit a van, which pushed us into a tree, which then smashed us into like a milk bar, like a little convenience store. And I was ejected and landed on the wing of the car and broke my back, oh, like shattered Jesus. my back, like oh my goodness. How horribly. I was 23. So and he um, was driving. He was driving. He was in a coma for 12 hours. Thankfully, he was okay. His friend was fine, and I had been ejected. So I shouldn't have been alive. Woke up, and the guy said, "If it would have broken a little bit more to the left, you would be paralyzed." I'm like, "Shit!" So it was a little bit like of a wake up call. Like, what are you doing with your life? And I was like, "Oh, I want to be an actress. I'm going to do this." So I went to hair school at night to study hair, and then I started modeling in Miami. So we lived in Florida, and I was in the military which was ridiculous. Like I felt like Superman, like I'm going to be Clark Kent and then I'm going to save the world at night. It was like all over the place. My Gemini. <laughs> Superman, yeah. Wonder Woman, Superman. baby. Wonder Woman, yeah. Man, Wonder something. I was just like, what am I doing? All these things trying to find some joy. I was doing that. I was in music videos with Pitbull and like rappers oh, wow. selling my, selling my calendar to like all the army guys in my unit. It was a hustler. I was a businesswoman, you know? And have then, you always been a hustler? I was. Yeah. You know, I think where I was born and raised yeah. and I was raised in Boston with wolves, you know? It was a little bit crazy and ghetto yeah. fabulous. I love it. We'll come back to that. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So I did that and then it was going well. And then unfortunately, the following year, I was May 5th. It just happened actually, the anniversary. Uh, Cinco de Mayo, which is like a, a, a Mexican like kind of party thing that we were having at our house. We were drinking at home. And I went to sleep because I had my army one week and a month thing. And I'm like, I can't be late. I got to go to bed. You guys enjoy the party. I went to sleep in my own bed. And I wake up at uh, 7 a.m. and my husband wasn't next to me. And I'm like, where is he? Where is he? What's going on? I'm checking my phone. He rang me, but I'm late to military. You don't want to be late to military. So I got my suit on, couldn't find him. His friends are looking for him. I go to work. It's like 11 o'clock and it starts raining. And now I'm like, shit, what is happening? Where's Gio? Like his name is Giovanni. I'm like, I can't find him. I told my boss, I'm like, I don't know what happened, but we drank last night. We haven't drank and drove. The year before we almost died. So we weren't drinking and driving and we were definitely wearing seatbelts. And I couldn't find him. I just had a freak out. I'm like, I have to go. She's like, of course, go. So I get a, I get a call from the hospital. And the year before, I broke my back. And the, the bill was, it's like $120,000 because I didn't have insurance in America, right? So I, the hospital calling was not the big deal. But it was like 7 a.m. So I ring the hospital. They're like, we can't give you any information. Just come in. And I'm like, whatever. I'm just going to check. And I go in. And they said, you know, sorry, he didn't make it. And I was just like, Holy what? Shit. Yeah, like we were in a waiting room for about half an hour and they the and it was like the last open. thing you expected. And I was just like, what? And I'm having this like, talk about like insanity, like all seven steps at once. I just said to the lady, I'm sorry, I don't understand for like 10 minutes. I wasn't crying. His friends were on the floor wailing. I mean, people were losing it around me. And I'm just like, I don't understand what I, I have to pay his car bill tomorrow. Like, that's what I said. And she's like, it's okay. It's okay. And then I just freaked and it was horrible. No one knew we were married. So like, it was just a hot mess. And that was too much. I think I would have been like trauma, you know, sexual abuse, foster care, my mom, like always feeling like, why is this happening to me? And then, then my back and then my husband died. And I was like, I'm done. It was the first person to ever die as well. I'd never had a death in my life. So I was like, I'm finished. So I just numbed out for five years, got really drunk, just drank, drove, numbed out, hated myself. And after I finished hair school, I was doing hair. I met a man in Las Vegas at a conference who was a hairdresser. He was from Australia. And we just created this relationship because I just needed to be with a person. I was like, I need a man. I need a husband. We were married for five years, me and my high school sweetheart, without anyone knowing. So he was horrible, moved to Australia for him. Met another man just like him. One benefit though, you yeah. get to come like, here. I'm in Australia. Yeah. Met another man who was similar to him, different guy, same shit, right? And moved to Melbourne for him. And then 
finally was like, I'm the common denominator. Like, it's me, babe. Like, I'm the one that's what creating this. What took you this. to realize that, though, do you think? I mean, I after was, going through all that, did you have to hit rock, rock I bottom? I did. It was think? being dumped on my birthday and feeling like all those men were like, delete every photo on Google. Like, I had four pages of Google in bikinis. Delete the tattoo. I had my husband's tattoo on my bum, like his signature, and I don't have any tattoos. And I was going to laser removal to get the tattoo off. I was, Yeah, I was removing my photos. So, like, my whole reality, and this is for anyone listening, what you believe about yourself, you manifest in your life. So I believed I was a piece of shit, damaged goods, broken, wrong, bad, and that I was a shameful woman. So, and I so attract. other people, yeah, yeah, that's what you believe about yourself. Other people totally. believe about you. So they go, hi, yeah, I heard that you lack confidence and you hate yourself and you think you're a piece of shit. I'm just here to show you that you are right. And so it was condemnation, like relationships that were like, you're bad. When you fix your life, then I'll introduce you to my family. Literally, those were the words said to me. I'm like, thank you guys for leaving me and breaking up with me. And then that was my moment. Like, eat, pray, love, Netflix. Not Netflix, sorry, that was Blockbuster back then. Watching Sex in the City, crying, eating ice cream, being like, what is going on? I'm in Australia, I don't know anyone. And then I went, nah, girl, it's you, honey. Like, you're, you're avoiding this. It's all your shit that you went through and you haven't dealt with it. Mm-hmm. And I met my personal trainer, who was my best friend, my only friend in Melbourne, and he ended up being my husband. And he's like, listen, why don't you come to my birthday? I'll introduce you to my friends. I didn't have anyone. And one of his friends was a life coach, and he he was coaching with her and 12 months later i'm a completely different person i we spent like a hundred thousand that was it so that was the significant that thing that changed meeting them so again serendipity right yes. like to have met them i mean I'm, you always wonder what would happen otherwise but that what whole happened? you obviously were open enough to realize that i was you in enough pain some change yeah i was in enough pain yeah. and i and i told my personal trainer who was my friend everything what i never told anyone my whole story and he just looked, looked, went wow you're amazing and i'm like you don't think I'm broken or cake. messed up? Or, like, you don't think I'm a weirdo? Like, you don't think I'm like a shameful woman? And he's like, no, like, that's amazing. You got an amazing story. Like, to, to have gone through all that yeah. and survived and be here. Exactly. You know? And he was like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, such an optimistic way about you as well. You obviously saw that now, beautiful yeah. spark. We do. We got this optimism. Yeah. But I just didn't, I didn't know. And so he introduced, but I, he gently introduced. He didn't shove it down my throat, right? Like, read this book or you need to work on yourself. He was just like, why don't you look at this? And I just went deep into the rabbit hole, spent all the money and all the time. And I was so amazed at like, what? I didn't know it was a victim. I didn't know that my childhood meant that. And whoa. And I was so... I mean, eight years, I just worked on myself. I was not interested in helping other women. I didn't know I was going to help women. I didn't know I was going to do this. I just was obsessed with healing my own shit because my life was horrible. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, this is the possibility. Like, wow, look at what's possible when I take responsibility for my shit and I decide to do something about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And brought me into styling, brought me into inner and confidence. And then I went, Two and a half years ago, just two and a half years ago, I was like, I'm done. I'm gonna not go into corporate. I'm gonna do this confidence coaching. At the worst possible time, we had two kids, bought a Tiguan, a Volkswagen car that was too expensive. And my husband's gym was dead. We had no money. Like it actually makes me like, because we struggled so bad. Michelle was like, we were struggling to buy bread. Like we were trying to find coins at the bottom of our car. Like we're like, shit, what are we gonna do? And my husband's like, I don't know, we're not making money at the gym. Like financially the worst, Thing. And yeah. to be honest, it wasn't my kids. I wasn't like, what my poor kids, because kids aren't expensive when they're little, it's when they get older. So I was like, it's not even the kids, it's just we know better, air quotes. Like, we've done coaching. We should know better. We made horrible financial mistakes. And I now don't want to go back to corporate and work for L'Oreal. I want to go be a life coach. And he's like, are you freaking kidding me? And I'm like, I have to do it. I I felt like I kept getting the call, the knock, like, hey, it's your dream. Are you going to open the door? No. So I was like, I'm going to open the door. 
If you have a topic burning inside you that you'd love to talk more about and have a conversation with me, I'd love to hear from you. So drop me a line at hello at wabisabiseries.com. Let's head back to the chat. How do you help people with that, like that are listening to us now? Yeah. That are going, well, you know, because people think that, right? They're like, oh, well, you're really successful mm-hmm. and you've got all the Easy things. for you, Michelle. Correct, right? But it's yeah. no one's gone through no that way. shit. Mm-mm. We've all started with nothing. Yes. Like, well, anyone. I know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So what's your advice to someone that's um, sitting there going, I hate my life, mm-hmm. I hate my job, I hate whatever, yeah. I want to change and I've got a dream like you had? Yeah. I hate to say that you have to wait until you break your back, lose your husband, you know, the, the five Ds, the death, divorce, debt, all that shit. You have to wait for an epic fail in order for you to wait wake up to your life and do something with it. But unfortunately, some people need to. Like I knew not to drink and drive, but I didn't because I had to do it, break my back. And that's what it takes. So like life is our best teacher. So if you're in that now and you're like, why am I not doing something about it? Maybe you're not in enough pain. You know, or listening to stories like this or, or you know, yeah, you hopefully share. they, you know, I would yeah, much hopefully. rather the way we share and the whole reason we're sharing this stuff is because I don't want people to go through the yeah. shit I went through. Yeah. Like, you know, if, if we can help them avoid it. 100%. And so maybe it is that whole, you know, like we're talking about confidence and all the element that you do, but there is an element of, you know, what can you learn from others mm. to sort of bring that into your life yeah. to then go, okay, that is familiar. Like, you know, those kind of components. How do I learn from that and tweak my life now? Yeah. And yeah. a lot of it, I don't know, there's an element of gratitude, yeah. isn't it? Kind of looking at the things that are great. And I think for me, you know, when I meet someone and they hate their life and they're like, oh, you've got the best life, I'm so jealous. I'm like, I'm not jealous of anyone. Yeah. I'm so, I just love, like I see people, I go, wow, they're amazing. Yeah. But I just like power to you, yeah. you know, rather than going, like, that's cool. And how, what can I learn from you? Yeah. You know, rather yeah. than going from a place of envy. Yeah, but you know what it takes as well. That's the thing. I think if you are out there and you're like, I wish my life was amazing. I'm like, well, cool. You get to make it amazing or you get to make it shit. Like you Correct. get to choose. That, that is my point as well. Yes. It's my, I fundamentally believe. hundred percent. You get to choose your life. Yes. You get to choose your reality. You get to choose the making of, of you know, what happens. You get to choose, like, I, I should and I talk about this in my book, chapter two, I shouldn't be here right now. That's what chapter two is called. Mm-hmm. I should be on the streets. I should be on drugs. I should be pregnant to multiple different men. Technically, that's what my cousins are. I should yeah, be like my yeah, cousins yeah. in Boston. And it's like, I'm not. Not because I got lucky. Uh, it wasn't luck, didn't have shit to do with it. It was because I went, oh, do you know what? I get to choose my life. If I have shit friends, where am I being shit? If I hate my life, where am I doing these things? Where am I responsible? So if you have a look in the mirror and go, I am the common denominator of my life. I'm the one that got me here, but I'm also the one that got me that amazing thing. And I'm the one that attracted that shit thing. So if it's all me, then what can I do right now? And the best thing you could do is number one, have a look at your life. Like if you take a comb, if you were gonna brush and you find a knot, start fucking looking at the knots, right? So it's like, I know, I'm such an analogy. I love it. My hair's very knotty. Yeah, I love the curls, girl. (laughs) I get dreadlocks in a day, babe. What does that say about my life? I get dreadlocks too, though. (laughs) Do you know what's weird? I can get dreads right here. But it's like, have a look. That's an interesting analogy. Yeah, Yeah, it's like, are you combing? And then it's like acting like there's no knots. It's like, there's a knot right there. And you keep avoiding it brushing this side because it's easy. Brush the knot because that shit will turn into dreadlocks. And then you got to cut it out. And that's So how do you deal with that then, though? Yeah. So because are you 
So are you an advocate, you know, in terms of mental health and seeing people and getting help? Yes. Or do you, I mean, you obviously found who, your friend who became then your husband yeah, yeah, that yeah. you could bounce off and talk to. Yes. But I've had, like, I've we've invested over $120,000 on coaches, yeah. mentors, retreats, spirit, whatever. I don't care what you do. If you are a spiritual person or if you're a therapy person, know thyself, right? I did therapy for 19 years. Yeah, and okay, now good. As yeah, a okay, grown that's, up, that's what I want to know. Like, yeah, you know, so in terms I did of what therapy as a kid. You. I was yeah. four years old. Help me communicate. But I myself, and this is not a hit on any therapist, but I myself didn't find therapy, traditional therapy useful because it was like, tell me about your childhood. And if you look at neuroscience, which we're learning about always, right? Like technically, my mind and body don't know the difference. If I close my eyes and take myself back to when my husband died, my whole body thinks I'm there. It's creating hormones thinking I'm there. My cortisol's going up. I'm traumatized again. So I'm not going to pay you $1,000 a bloody session, to therapist, to go back to get traumatized yeah. when you're not giving me any front forward movements. And I, don't, I speak to so many women who join my program. They're like, did therapy for five years. And I spent so much money and it was so painful and I just felt judged and no tools. So I'm not saying it's bad. Some people need that, but know what you need. And if it's not good for you, fucking move on. Yeah. So I love life coaching because it's action forward. It's like, here are the tools. What do you want? Who do you want to be? How do we but become also you her now? you shy away from what's happened to you. No and way. you kind of go bring it to the table. Yeah. And then, okay, here's some tools to overcome those elements. But to your point, this is how to move forward. I think we want to go really forward. Critical, oh, God. Really critical you could rehash right how I was sexually yeah. abused. We could do all that, oh. blah, blah, blah. And then we could call it How's all the syndromes helpful? and the yeah. labels. And you PTSD and fucking, oh, my God. And then, and then you sit and wallow in it. Yeah. And I've met many clients that have had too many therapy sessions and they sound like a therapist and I'm like wow that's real clinical but like how the hell is that going to help you get out of the hole that you're in right now and they can't answer me oh, I don't know I just need to analyze it I have ADHD that's why I'm like no that's not why if you didn't know that you were a Gemini whatever the fuck that means if you didn't know that that's what that was you wouldn't know. So how would you act if you didn't know? If I didn't know that I was a, a, a child from that background, like how, if I don't believe in it, it has no power. So how can it have power? You have to believe in it. What if you believe? It's like you believing it and you're giving it that fuel, aren't you? Totally. To, to igniting it more and it keeps flaming in you. A million percent. I love it. Yeah. So, okay, so you help people break. It's like breaking that cycle. Yeah. Breaking well, the link to the past. Totally. Appreciating it. And You've got to talk about it. Yeah, you and you can't it. not, you know, it's part of who you are. 100%. And that's the thing I think people say, oh, my God, the stuff that you've gone through in your life and how are you so optimistic? I'm like... I don't shy away from that shit. Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of stuff happen to me, yeah. but it doesn't define me. Yeah. And I use that to power me and give me strength for the future. Of course. And, and that's, that's what makes key. you so amazing. And another thing, like I know there was only one question at the beginning, but the other thing I would say to that is normalizing, discussing how hard life is and normalizing how it's normal. Like, I feel like we're like, oh, I don't need a therapist or a coach. I'm okay. Nothing's wrong with me. It's like, honey, yes, something's wrong with all of us. And it's good. It's good that something is wrong so we can fix it. It's not all happy-go-lucky and amazing and you're not a weirdo if you decide to go talk to someone about the way you feel or about the lack of results so you take your comb and you brush through money is there any knots in the money is there any knots in the relationship is there any knots in your self-love or your body is there knots in your career or is there knots in your mothering or parenting if there are knots that's an area to look at so I just comb one comb and I find nothing boom there it is work on that what do I work on there's so many things work on the biggest thing that is messing with you right now and I guarantee that big rock will break into little pieces yeah. and it'll move everything. So you don't have to work yeah. on everything. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So I think bringing it back, like, you know, no one no one goes unscathed. Everyone will doubt themselves, you know? The Beyonce, when she comes out with her album, will people like this? What if it flops, you know, to an actress, to someone famous, to a celebrity, to Mrs. America or Mrs. Australia? Doubting, we all sit in doubt. The question is, is your doubt 
stopping you from trying and going for it? Or is your doubt just there trying to keep you on your toes? Like, yeah. hey, I'm here. And you're like, I see you. Thank you. I'm in my up level. I'm, I know you're there. Anxiety, self-doubt, you know, procrastination. I know you're there because I'm about to up level. I'm about to go to level 14. And that's why you're here. Hi, welcome. Come in. Have a seat at the back. Put a fucking seatbelt on. But you're not driving my bus. Like, as opposed to, I don't doubt myself. It's like, I doubt myself. I'm in the doubt myself bus, but I'm driving. You know, like, it's yeah. I'm driving it, and it. it comes with me. It's, it, mm. We don't, no one is confident. It's a practice, you know? Yeah, and I think the interesting thing, I was a statistic recently um, read or heard about, was around the more famous you get and the, you know, the more, like, celebrities or the further, the, the more successful you are, it's actually the more anxiety you have around, you know, new things or, yeah. you know, whether it's a new album, as you say, or a new movie or, you know, whatever the realm or a new company, it's actually because you have, um, there's a credibility factor mm. and you have a profile and there's an expectation. Whereas, yeah. and it's almost like that, you know, you're standing on a, you know, like on a small sort of step when you first start and you don't have far to fall. Yeah, Whereas yeah. if you're on this big mega bloody, you know, stage. And everyone's watching. Correct, right? Yeah. And so I think that, you know, us normal people, yeah. it's kind of nice <laughs> to know that, the you know, as you say, celebs and famous people that look like they've got all their shit going, you know, yeah. everything's happening for them. It's actually, there's more riding on that as well. Yes. So the expectation, they're just human. At the end of the day, they're just oh, people. Oh, no. And that's a cop-out for us to go, yeah, but she doesn't doubt herself. And I'm like, hold on a minute. That's a cop-out. What are you trying to hide about yourself? What are you trying to say? It's easier for her as opposed to saying that, look at you. Why are you not making a move? Why are you not taking the scary choices as opposed to putting the spot light on them yeah. see them it's easy for them and i'm like what are you trying to hide what are you scared of and you're like oh I'm, I'm, uh, 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 uh. you know it's like even yeah. the thought that you think that if we think that thought we need to analyze what's going on within ourselves what about me just said that oh, am i scared what am i scared of mm -hmm. you know am i worried about what people are going to think about me which is the number one thing i get with women that's why we don't identify yeah, as confident actually, what are what are the key things from a self-doubt aspect that you see in in yeah. your work what are the key elements i think the biggest thing it, the number one thing that i get is that people care so much about what someone's going to say about them so it's not that they're not willing to be confident they're just scared to be seen they're scared to be seen they're scared to get it wrong they're scared for what people are going to say about them or how they're going to be perceived it's that whole thing and so they think that all people are doing are staring at them 24 7 and i'm like my love everyone has a visor on with a mirror looking at themselves everyone and then when i fall down i'm like oh no did someone see me fall down and i'm like no because they also have looking a visor at themselves. With a mirror and they're like did someone see me we're all, we're all worried about everyone i wish it could be a cartoon i'm going to make a cartoon of a bunch of humans around planet earth walking around with visors and mirrors worried about the neighbor next to them who fell down you can't even see them because you're too busy worrying about how you fell yeah. and we're all going to fall it's not about yeah. the fall it's about get your ass back up so how did you overcome that then i mean given this the story and the history and you you know like yeah. before you got emotional yeah, yeah, which yeah. was beautiful and <laughs> you know sharing the story about being able to feed your kids and stuff which would have been you know you went back there for that yeah, moment yeah, i yeah. could feel it was... it's um it's real right and so and then you've come so far in two and a half years but what are the you know what are the kind of key elements about if the number one thing that people worry about is what other people think about them, you've mm. gone through that as well, I'm sure. Yeah, and the thing I love about you is you don't give a shit. Yeah. Like you don't give a shit. The way you talk, I've not, when I first heard your podcast, like I was like, whoa, this chick's amazing. <laughs> she just, like, I'm like, you can swear on my podcast. I don't give a, I'm like, you, you know, you're out there, I which I adore that about you. 
<laughs> no, I mean, I met your podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's um. So how did you get there, though? Was it a slow process or did you just throw all in and go, you know what? I've got nothing to lose. I have no profile. No one knows me and I don't give a shit. I'm just going to completely be myself from day one. No, no. I gave all the shits and I slowly went into it and very slowly tried to practice and stayed safe. I stayed very safe. And until that happened with, you know, my as a stylist, I wasn't listening. It wasn't really what I wanted to do. I wanted to do this, but I didn't know I wanted to do this because I wasn't good at listening to myself because I never listened to myself. I never went, what do I want? What feels good to me? I went, what should I be doing? What should that, what, what should I? So when we don't have that inner voice is like a whisper. So it's really loud outside. This external noise is so loud that how the hell are you going to hear your own whisper? So my whisper was like, hey, so I didn't have it. So the more I tuned into the whisper, the less I had to turn down the external noise. So it took a long time. It took years. It took eight years of me being faced with everything that happened is in your response. So it's not my fault, but it's my responsibility. So not my fault I was sexually abused. Now as a grown ass woman, it's my responsibility to heal how I don't trust men. Now it's my responsibility to not be a victim. And oh, not look so for a rescuer. you need to say that again because so many people need to learn that yeah. lesson. Yeah. So it's, it's not like, my fault. It's, it's not my your resp- fault, but it is your responsibility as a grown up now to heal whatever happened for you. We will call it for you as your as a child or in your adolescent years. Yeah, but even or as you know, I mean, the domestic violence is horrendous. Of and course. If people are in those you know, situations yeah, yeah. like there is many oh people God. that can help you. But if you're able to get out of that and you're healing, yeah. I think your yeah. point's really valid. Yeah. And it's definitely not our fault. How could I have, how could I have known that was going to happen to me or, or that that was happening or that was coming? And so mm-hmm. I, and I, as a, as a highly traumatized woman, I was highly traumatized. I can, you know, trauma-informed coach. I can say that these horrible things happened for me and like most of the speakers or famous people that you hear, they'll say my worst day was the best thing ever because I became, that's who I became because of that. So I'm, I'm grateful to it. But if you're in there now and you're like, my life sucks, everything's horrible. I don't know what to do with this. I feel so broken. I feel so damaged. It's like, number one, you've identified you need to work on yourself. Like, that's great. High five. Like your marriage crumbling or you not having any money or having to file bankruptcy or your kids getting taken away or whatever. Fantastic. You've identified, ooh, I got to work on myself. Now, look for something one that you resonate with there's all kinds of things you could do therapy yeah, and there's healing. lots of shit that's free of right course. and i think it's yes. not about having if you have no money 100 you know, youtube podcast, podcast. Free, yeah shit i youtubed yeah. everything when i had no money in my business i learned how to do everything myself i couldn't outsource i didn't have that and and just that ability to to really be resilient resilient is you have to go through hard stuff in order to build resilience. You can't you can't be courageous with cur- like courage doesn't come for you to be courageous. You're scared as hell, that's courageous. You're scared. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we think it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be resilient and it's like cool, so you're going to go through a disaster in your life and overcome that and that's going to give you the strength. But we don't want to go through the disaster. I just want to get the reap the benefits but without feeling the feels. I'm like, no. Like it doesn't, life work, doesn't like work like that. Like you need to get burned on the bloody flame to feel what a burn is like, to heal from the burn and you to realize you don't else. want to go there again. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So life is its best teacher. We can't read enough books about how it will feel. It's like, you got to go through it. I can't tell you what a mango tastes like. You got to eat it and then be like, oh, wow, how do I explain that to someone who's never had a mango? I don't know. 
like you're gonna have to bite into it and experience it. So I feel like these things help us. I feel like the whole thing about it is looking at if you are comparing yourself to someone else, if you're sitting in a lack, you know, really what is your life? Like Oprah says, your life teaches you, your life is speaking to you. Do you all keep the all the time? Are you all paying time. attention or listening? And especially like gut, you know, like we don't tap into mm. our gut enough. And they yeah. say like, you know, your gut brain kind of connection is huge and science is now starting to, to yeah. prove that. But you, you know, one, you need to get good gut health because mm-hmm. that will help you be healthy in 100%. general, but also trust your gut. Yeah. Like if something just feels off and you cannot explain it, yeah. tap into that. And right? what's his name? Wayne Dyer says gut stands for give up thinking. Gut, right? Like no thinking, feeling. What's your stomach saying? And this is the thing that's getting women raped, killed, murdered, all the things. We don't listen to ourselves. We don't believe ourselves. We don't go, that alleyway is no good. That guy's off. I don't like that girlfriend of mine. I hate my boss. That's not a good place. Like listening to our own intuition, that inner voice, again, is not the doubt, not that I'm not good enough. It's actually, what if what I'm thinking and feeling is good and true? You're going to turn it up and you're going to be able to hear that. So it's, I think it's great news when your life is crumbling. I know it's crazy, but my clients will be like, I'm going through a divorce. And I'm like, amazing. And they're like, what? <laughs> what? My life is over. And I'm like, this is exciting. If you're going through, yeah, yeah, it's, it has to be, you know, the, the analogy of the arrow pulling back and you hold the tension and you hold the tension and you're like shaking and you're sweating. And then when you let it go, it's like, whoa, you're going to fly so forward, but you have to be pulled back. Can you pull back and hold the tension to go so far forward and get the thing that you want to get? Like you don't get to get that without feeling that. Like we have to feel the feels. Love it. Yeah. Wow. We need to do part two. (laughs) That was so amazing. Just beautiful. So many great, like, little anecdotes in there. Thank you for sharing your story as well. It's just so beautiful to hear, you know, or not like the pain that you've gone through, but it helps to give context, I think, around how you help people and why you do what you do. And um, that is a beautiful thing. So it's been fabulous to talk to you today, Michelle, thank you for the work that you do. Thank you for this podcast, for putting in the time, the hour, the effort. I love you. You're amazing. Thank you for having me. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, You'll find all the show notes and interesting links on our website, wabisabiseries.com. If you'd like to hear more unexpected conversations, please subscribe to the series, follow us on our socials, or grab one of my books. And if you're in a generous mood, I'd love you to share the episode, or maybe even rate, review, and comment on the series. It really does make a difference. Until next time, be sure to claim your own piece of Wabi Sabi and walk proud in your perfect imperfections.